This is the Seedbed Daily Text. This is not a story about rain. 1 Kings seventeen twelve to 14 As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Consider this. This is the way. It's your turn. From glory to glory. This is the way from glory to glory. This is not a story about rain. I know the story opened with Elijah announcing a drought to King Ahab. We've already heard rain and the drought mentioned multiple times in the text so far, including today. But this is not a story about rain. This is not a story about Elijah either, or the widow, though they both are deeply involved. This is a story about the gods and the God. This is a story about the true and living God of heaven and earth and the so-called gods of Baal and Asherah. Notice the widow's first words to Elijah. As surely as the Lord your God lives. Not my God or our God, but your God, Elijah. In other words, the God of Israel was not her God. The text doesn't indicate, but she probably saluted Baal, Asherah, and perhaps a host of other regional tribal deities. Today's equivalent might be the universe. Then and now, the problem in the world is not making room for another god. The problem for the world is monotheism, the revelation that there is only one true and living God. Like us, Elijah lived in a quite pluralistic culture a place of many gods and different frameworks of truth. Isn't it interesting how God chooses and uses this widow, who didn't even believe in him, to be the source of Elijah's provision and sustenance? Even more interesting, however, is how God chose Elijah to become the vessel through which God would provide and sustain the widow and her son. 
For this is what the God, the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. The widow does not have to bow or pray or even believe in Elijah's God in order for this God to bless her. There was no religious transaction here, no quid pro quo, this for that exchange, no bargaining or deal-making or promises made, just pure blessing. Elijah would have known her belief system was false and part of the problem and demise of the land, that it had led her astray and was destroying her life. This is what idolatry, a.k.a. worshiping gods who are not gods, always does. Idolatry, whether it be Baal or the almighty dollar, first divides or disintegrates the heart. Then it breaks the heart. Then the heart becomes hardened. Finally, the heart becomes darkened and dead. Multiply this times a community and a region and a nation, and you have widows fending for themselves, picking up sticks to go home and prepare their family's last meal before they die. Elijah, in the midst of his great weakness and need, is full of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, which makes him a ready agent of the blessing, power, and love of God. The God of Israel sees and cares about this broken and despairing widow and her only son, But how would she know but for Elijah's obedience and availability to God? When the Word of God and the Spirit of God meet up in a man or woman of God who is available and obedient to God, we will witness the glory of God. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Did you catch it? God is now unfolding a story inside of the story. Inside of the story. Not only is it going to rain in due course, but this widow and her son will be provided for until that day. So it's blessing on blessing here, glory to glory. One more bit. The God of Israel is decreeing by his word a specific plan and a blessed future for a super vulnerable person who doesn't even believe in him. And one more bit. God actually involves her in his mission. She comes into the story in the worst kind of poverty by way of God's hand to make her part of Elijah's solution. 
She is not a charity. She is a participant in the mission of God. Look at all the intricate workings of God going on in the midst of this story. Inside of the story. Inside of the story. Just wow. No, this is not a story about rain. This is the way from glory to glory. The prayer. Abba Father, this is moving from confounding to mesmerizing. You involve a destitute, despairing widow as a linchpin part of your plan for the entire nation. And she doesn't even believe in you. And she puts Elijah's need ahead of her own. And you bless her extravagantly in miraculous fashion. This is glory. And it makes us want to shout glory. And it makes us want to get involved and immersed in this kind of glory for the rest of our days. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, are you as amazed and surprised as I am at all this glory unfolding and exploding in this story? What are you seeing and sensing? For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.